But the interesting thing we realized as we were talking is the market is also receptive to this because they still need the service and they can't physically get it. So they are willing to change as well. So I just want to point out that at this time, it's a great opportunity to pivot the way you serve because it's not just your business that has been impacted. It is your customers that have also been impacted and they are receptive to this because there aren't any other options. So recognize that, but create something really epic and awesome for them. Absolutely. I love that you brought that up. No, I think that's a brilliant point to make. I'm Ryan Dice from digitalmarketer.com and you're listening to my buddy Ash Roy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello there. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com, with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to getmetodone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience, We then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to getmetodone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at getmetodone.com. Welcome back to the Productive Insights Podcast. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of the Productive Insights Podcast. If you are watching this on our YouTube channel, I'm really glad to have you here. If you're listening to this on iTunes, then please check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Productive Insights. This was recorded on video. This is episode 193 and it's part two of my three-part conversation with Carl Taylor about business continuity planning in the coronavirus pandemic or the COVID-19 pandemic. So in the last episode, Carl and I talked about the first part of his three-part approach to dealing with a crisis like this. And that was all about protect. We talked about how you can protect your business and how you can take the role of a leader in your industry. You can focus on being the rising tide, as it were, and take others up with you. We talked about the four ways to protect your business, and that was risk, return, reward, and release. If you want to know more about those, check out ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 192. In this second part, Carl and I are going to talk about the second phase of his plan, and that is called Pivot. Now, Carl is the founder of the automation agency. I highly recommend it. I've been using it for several years now, and I am an affiliate in full disclosure. So if you want to know more about that, check out automationagency.com. I'm delighted to welcome Carl back to the podcast. Carl, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be back. All right. So let's talk about the second stage, Carl. This one's going to be a bit shorter, I think, than the last conversation, because the last conversation we did a lot of the contextual thing about how this plan, this approach came about, this three-part approach, and now we're well into it. So we've talked about the 
the protect. Now we're going to talk about the pivot. So tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. Look, I mean, I'm not going to you know, make this more complicated than it needs to be. At the, at the end of the day, once you've protected your business and you've got you've got a good solid foundation, you're feeling like some of the stress is taken away because you've got a plan for protecting you. The next thing you need to do is you've got to start looking at the future. We've got to look at the now, but we also have to look at the future. And the way we do that is we, we can't just go business as usual can continue. We just can't, you know, it doesn't mean we can't necessarily go back to how it was, which we may be able to, but the period we're in right now, we need to look at everything we're doing and going, what needs to pivot? And I think that's a really important, the, the choice of the word pivot versus like completely change. We're not completely changing. We're not like, ideally, we're not fully, necessarily always completely changing or, or canceling or killing our business. What we're doing is going, where are the opportunities for us to pivot? What are these small changes? You know, they might be 90 degree changes. They might be 30 degree changes. In some cases, they might be this little five degree changes. You know, we're not making massive shifts and it's going to really depend on your particular business. So when it comes to like, you know, pivoting, firstly, if you're not sure what the word pivot is, it is very much that idea of, you know, just kind of a shift of some levers where you kind of you you go from one place and you you pivot on one in one spot into mm -hmm. a into another direction, right? And so there's there's really three key areas that I see that all of us need to be looking at where we need to pivot. And and for some of you it will be all three of these areas, and for some of you it'll be just you know one place you need to pivot. And so what we all need to be looking at is how we sell, how we serve, and what we say, right? So three S's: sell, serve say. So let's start with sell. We all have to face the reality that right now, if you had any kind of sales process that involved going to someone's location, someone coming to meet you at a location, you know, meeting up for coffees, maybe you, uh, you know, a lot of my market are coaches, they run live events to sell their programs, yes. you know, like all of those things cannot happen and function in, in the society we're in right now. doesn't mean it won't go back to the ability to do it, but even when we can do it, there may be, going back to your point in, in episode one of this, part one of this, where there could be some lag time before the market and public are more willing and open. There'll be some that are like rushing to get back into events. They'll be like, yes, finally, human contact. And there will be others that will be a lot more cautious and concerned. So you need to consider what, how do you sell right now? And the ways you were selling may have stopped, may not be working anymore. That doesn't mean it's disaster. It just means it's time to pivot. And there's a few different ways you can sell. Selling online has been happening for a long time. In, in fact, my very first business, I was 15 years old and I was selling, I was trying to sell online costume shops, uh, costumes online. And the thing is back then, no one was really buying online. It was not like it is today. Yeah. So it is now like the easiest thing to be selling online. So if you weren't making your products, services, something that someone could fill in a form online and buy, now is one of the easiest times in history so to date to be able to do that. There's so many tools out there that make it click of a button and you can be selling it, whether that be using something like Shopify to have an online e-commerce store. So, you know, if you're retail and you haven't gone down that path, WooCommerce and Shopify are two tools that you should definitely look at. WooCommerce is if you've already got a WordPress site and Shopify is just a su super simple way of launching your own e-commerce site. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the other thing too is, again, if you were a retail business, is if you weren't already, getting on eBay and Amazon, getting your products onto these other platforms. Now, I know at the time of recording this that Amazon in the US has 
stopped taking on shipments of non-essential products. But yeah. that hasn't, as I, as I understand it, that has not happened to all the other warehouses around the world. So you can be mm -hmm. selling in different markets. Like if you're in the US right now and you can't get your product onto the Amazon US, then ship some of your products down to Amazon Australia or to Amazon Germany or wherever, right? So think about where you can still ship that product and be selling through other people's marketplaces. Only just the other day discovered that Kogan has a marketplace as well. You can be selling your products on Kogan's website. I only discovered that just the other day because I was looking at products and it said, this is a marketplace item. And I was like, oh, amazing. Hey, by the way, if, if you want to also get some more insights onto how to sell effectively online, check out the episode 55 with Ezra Firestone. He's really shared some great content in there. It's ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 55. Love that. Ezra is a master. He is. He's a master of selling selling online and in e-commerce particularly. E-com? Amazing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So definitely check that out. I highly recommend it. I haven't heard it, but I tell you, check it out. <laughs> um what I was saying there, like you, we need to look at how we sell online. Now, for if you're more of a service-based business, like so e-com is obvious. If you're a retailer, you sold a lot of products, then getting on even Facebook Marketplace, let's just finish that one out. F Facebook Marketplaces, if you haven't been sold, selling on that, you can sell on that. Gumtree, eBay, Shopify. So Marketplaces plus your own store. There are so many options to do that. Secondly is then going, okay, well, maybe you don't sell products. Maybe you sell a service. Maybe you're a gym. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're something like, how, how are you going to sell now? Well, you can run webinars and mm -hmm. you can get people on the phone. Now, there is a third option. You could just send emails and send people to a page where they sign up and buy. And that's true. That will work if your price point is low and it's like a mass consumer product. Go for it. Have at it. That works. It always has worked. It will continue to work now. What I would say is in this marketplace, and I think we touched on it in part one of this episode, I think you said it, Ash, is, yes. you know, it's really communicating is important and connecting with people. And yes, it might take more time. Yes, it might be slower. But especially if you have higher price point products and services or longer lifetime value, uh, higher lifetime value products and services, then I would be getting people onto a webinar where you either on the end of that webinar, invite people to just buy. Yes. Or you get people to get you on a phone. And I, that's the thing that I think. I think that the majority of businesses right now, service businesses, the one funnel, and that's kind of what Automation NC helps a lot of people do. We build marketing funnels for people. The one funnel that I think every business needs is a webinar funnel. And most people can sell on the phone. Most of you, if you had a phone conversation with someone who was a good prospect to work with you, you could have a conversation. Even if you are terrible at sales, you had a conversation with them, you understood their need, you understand what they want, and you go, okay, well, based on what you've said, I have this thing that could probably help you. Would you like it? Yeah. There's a high chance you'll make some sales. A quick word on sales I just want to say is, you know, I don't consider myself someone who really enjoys selling, and I don't think I'm very good at it. But what helps me a lot is to think of it as purchase facilitation. If you can just try and solve a problem and say, look, tell me a little bit more about the situation. Here, I've got something would this help you and then let them make the choice to buy that helps me a lot because everyone likes to buy but nobody likes to be sold to so if you can reframe that from selling to purchase facilitation that might actually help you and Carl you also talked a little bit about the webinar to phone funnel but it can go one of two ways it can go to an opt-in and also to a phone call can you explain a little bit about that too 
Yes, the opt-in side of things would be if someone registers for your webinar, then that is opting in usually to your mailing list. I mean, if, if you want to be really rough and dirty about it, I mean, the webinar I ran yesterday, you know, the irony didn't escape me that all I did was send someone a Zoom registration link. That's all I sent. I didn't create a landing page. I didn't do everything because I was yeah. trying to move fast and I, I didn't didn't need it to be perfect. And I think that's something that some people get caught up in. They're like, I need everything to be perfect. Longer term, like if I continue to run webinars like that, we'll have fancy proper landing pages. But I was going to my existing market and I just shot them the register for this link. So you don't always have to make it super complicated for your first webinar. If you've got an audience who knows you, you could just send them a simple link. But um, that at that point, if you were doing it well, you would have a form, a landing page. And when they go to that, they register for the webinar. It would register them with Zoom or GoToWebinar or Webinar Jam, whatever like webinar platform you might choose to use. And you'd then also be adding them to your active campaign, your Infusionsoft, your Entreport account, whichever, whatever CRM email marketing tool you use. And so now you're capturing that opt-in. I think on the webinar, when I talked about opt-ins though, I would have been referring to the idea that outside of the webinar funnel, you can also still do a standard opt-in. You know, a standard opt-in in marketing is, you know, you've got a landing page offering, well, not even a landing page, sometimes a pop-up on your website, but you have a PDF or a quiz. You have something that's getting people to put their email address in, maybe a few other details in exchange for this thing, this result. That's generally what an opt-in is. And so if you were doing opt-in marketing, you could straight after that kind of lead magnet that you've opted them in for, offer them to register for the webinar. Mm -hmm. But in, if you're doing a webinar to phone type funnel, so that when I say a webinar to phone funnel, I'm saying, the whole point of this is you're getting people on the phone. Like that that's what I'm trying to make a point here is you've got to figure out what is the final point? What is the final destination you want people on? And it's getting them on the phone. So if you want to get them on the phone, you might just need to do a few things to warm them up so they're ready to get on the phone. Yeah. Other businesses, you can go straight to phone. Like, I mean, I've got friends who run ads, cold ads to a landing page that registers people for a phone call. That's it. Now, They've got really good brands in the market. That's It's really obvious and that there's a good value prop there. So that works. For many of us, maybe having a longer conversation is is more useful, which is where the one-to-many of a webinar. Like if you think about when, when we're talking phone as well, I, I know you asked this question on the webinar yesterday, is that phone call is about having a one-to-one -one conversation. Yeah. Be that on Skype, Zoom, or an actual telephone, that's kind of irrelevant. It's just the yes. fact that you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone, and it might be over video, it might be over audio. Whereas webinar, a webinar is far more like one-to-many. One-to-many, yeah. Right? The reason, if you've never heard the term webinar before, it's basically a seminar run on the web, hence a yeah. webinar. And so it's one-to-many, you can have multiple people dial in and listen to you, and you can present, you can interact. It doesn't have to be one way. One of my favorite styles of webinars that you can run is you just go, hey, I'm going to be running a webinar on this topic. And whoever comes on the call, you just have a conversation with them and you kind of do a consulting session. You know, you don't have to prepare these amazing presentations and slides. You can do that and that's amazing. But you can also add value having 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 people on the call, getting them to type in their questions and you just answer them a bit like a Facebook Live, but with a bit more process. That's very helpful because until you said that, I felt like if I want to do a webinar, I have to do like a 52 beautifully laid out slides and stuff like that but it doesn't have to be that way like you did your webinar you just 
drew on your iPad and it felt very authentic and it didn't feel polished, but that was part of the charm of it. Well, I do that because I hate creating slides. Like it's, <laughs> it just feels like a lot of hard work. And so all I did is I drew a few things on my iPad to kind of be my title slide. Yeah. And then the rest is just gives me like when I present, when I, you know, present on stage, I don't use slides. And I used to always feel like, oh, I hate webinars because I can get up in front of a room with no slides, give me a flip chart and I'm, I'm good. I can do an hour long, two hour, whole day event. Like I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. Oh, but run a 30 minute or a 90 minute webinar. Like, oh, I got to prepare. I got to, yeah. that was my original thinking. And so thank God for the iPad and the ability yeah. to share the screen and draw because all of a sudden I was like, here's my flip chart. I've got yeah. a flip chart now that I can use online. So it doesn't have to be complicated. How do you share your iPad screen on the computer? So there's a few different ways. If you've got a Mac, uh, if you're using Zoom as your webinar platform, yeah. you can share the, the iPad directly onto that via AirPlay oh, okay. or via a cable. Also, if you have a Mac, so I didn't do that yesterday because I was having some tech glitches for some reason. So what I did is if you open up QuickTime, so if you plug yes. your iPad into your Mac yeah. using USB, open up QuickTime on your computer on, on the Mac and go new movie. And then when you go new movie, it will default usually to your webcam. Yeah. Click on the little arrow that allows you to select what camera you're using, yes. and you'll see one of the cameras listed is your iPad. Okay. And so your iPad screen becomes that QuickTime uh, video. And so then you've got the QuickTime video on the screen, and you just share your screen from the from the um, the platform, and that's that's the simplest way to do it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. I don't know that. how you do it on a PC. PC might be the same, but I don't have a PC, so I don't know. And if you have a PC, <laughs> I recommend getting a Mac. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. And I used to run an IT company that was all we did was Windows. For eight years, yeah, I was yeah. a hardcore, and before well, that, I was a hardcore Windows machine. And, and look, I was being facetious, but I used PCs for probably about 20 years when I was back in the corporate world. I worked as an analyst, and I used Excel a lot. And when you use Excel, I find PCs are more friendly than Macs. But once I switched across to the Mac, it just just made my life a lot easier. It doesn't have as many features, but what works, works really well. Although things have changed mm -hmm. a bit since Jobs moved on. Anyway, back to our topic. So webinar to phone funnel, and that's something you guys set up. Yes. So I'm making a mental note to put that down as a task that I want you guys to do for my business as a customer of the automation agency. So the webinar to phone funnel is just about doing a one-to-many presentation where you're giving value to several people and then you're inviting them to jump on a conversation and the word phone here is not literally a phone call my personal preference by the way is a face-to-face -face call like we're doing now so it can be a zoom call the idea is maybe you should say webinar to one-on-one -on -one call well you, you you can run a zoom call from your phone though like you can dial into zoom yes. on your phone so you could still yeah. do it on the Good phone point. yes absolutely yes it's, it's the main thing is that, you know, and, and also just like that, people can dial into a Zoom call on the phone as well and not have any video. So there, there are ways to, to do it. I, I agree with you. Face-to-face -face is great, but depends on your market. If you're selling sure. to a less than technical market, for them, they, they might prefer that you just pick up yeah. the phone and call them. Yeah. So figure out what's yeah. best for your market and what, what they like. Like if I was selling to like 60 plus year olds, then I probably wouldn't get them worrying about zoom i would just be yeah. like give me your phone number and i'll call you at this time so yeah like the webinar to phone funnel is is i think is a really great way because one it gives you something of value to offer people that they can register for this webinar but you're also able to then the capture the people who can't attend your webinar you go hey we'll jump on the phone and the people who do attend the webinar you, you don't have to have the pressure of i'm trying to sell them something you can then just be like hey if you've enjoyed what we've been talking about let's get on the phone now that's one strategy there are also plenty of ways and i've done it in the past where i've run full-on slick 
webinar presentations designed purely to get someone to make the decision. And they often will convert better, not always, but they will often convert better. But the reason I encourage you to not worry so much about having the perfect webinar is right now, if you've never run a webinar before, you don't have all that time necessarily right now to be going, how am I going to figure out? Because every week that you spend trying to figure out how you're going to sell on the webinar, the longer you're potentially hemorrhaging cash or I don't, yes. again, I don't know your business, but potentially in a bad situation. And, you know, this is one of the things that came clear to me when I was having these one-on-ones with some of my clients who were looking to cancel is it was really clear that a lot of, a lot of them were focusing on the wrong things. You know, one guy was like, I want to build, I need to build a website. I need to do all this. And I was just like, dude, no, like you need cash. All you need is a funnel. Yes. Long-term we'll build you a new website. Cool. But right now that is just shuffling paper. That is the equivalent of coming to your desk and just picking up a pile here and moving it over there. What we need is we need a mechanism to get people who don't know you to know you and then ultimately be invited to have a conversation with you so you can solve their problem by offering that they buy something from you. Like yes. that's all we need. And you don't need a website to do that. You can run a yes. Facebook ad. You don't have to run Facebook ads, but I just, I use it. You can run a Facebook ad to a landing page telling people to register for a webinar. Whether they attend the webinar or not, on the next page, you can invite them to a phone call. If they yes. jump on that phone call, you're now having a conversation. If they don't yes. jump on that phone call, but they attend the webinar, you're having a mass conversation and uh, you're uh, now getting the ability to have a conversation. I was talking to one of my members yesterday, to your point, and she has a thriving business. It's a digital marketing business, but she doesn't have a website because all of her referrals come through word of mouth and she builds funnels, but she doesn't need a website. Yeah, it's actually quite ironic if you talk to a lot of, I mean, even back before Automation Agency became what it is today with yeah. you know our subscription service, Concierge, I used to be more of a higher end funnel builder. And, uh, we, my website used to be very basic, didn't yeah. have many funnels in my own business because I didn't need to. I was doing busy doing it for other people. Cobbler's kids have no shoes. Yes. Let me make this really clear. If you're sitting, if you're listening to this right now and you've never sold anything online at all, or maybe you've been selling online all the time, the biggest thing I can tell you is any business can become a huge success, whatever you want to choose on that, a million dollars or your next million dollars or, or whatever. You can do that with one good funnel. More funnels are great, but any business really needs is one great funnel that ultimately brings someone who doesn't know them into knowing them, building a relationship, and ultimately then leading to a conversation, whether that be an email conversation, a chat conversation, a phone conversation, face-to-face months down the line when we're through this conversation that ultimately will then lead to someone going, hey, you know what? I've got a problem. You've got the solution. Can I buy it? The solution, please. That's really all it is. There's, you know, there's, there's fancier ways we can talk about it, but if you boil it down just to that, you just need one way of capturing these people, building that relationship and getting on a, a conversation with them. And that's why I like this webinar to phone approach because it's, it's a way of going, here's some front end value, but ultimately, Hey, let's just jump on the phone. Let's have a conversation. But so the people who are ready for the conversation, they'll go straight for it. The people who aren't, they'll check you out on the webinar first. And it's just, it's just a nice way of, of starting that process. Sure. So just to remind our listeners, we're talking about business continuity planning in the coronavirus pandemic world. Carl Taylor, the founder of Automation Agency, is sharing with us his three-part approach to pivoting. So this is the second part of a three-part series. The first part we talked about protect. The second part, we're talking about pivot. That is now, and we're going to be talking about profit in the next part. And 
Within Pivot, we've got a three-step approach, and as you can tell, Carl and I are fans of alliteration, and so the three parts within Pivot, sell, serve, and say. We are, I believe, on the sell part right now, and this episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights membership program. You can find out more at getmetodone.com, and if you want to learn more about the automation agency, you can go to productiveinsights.com forward slash automation. So, Carl... Webinar to phone. What's next? All right. So, I mean, th- there's not much more to talk about it, really. Like, I don't want, as I said, I don't want to make this more complicated than it needs to be. Sure. You just need to be getting people on the phone. And one of the best ways to get people on the phone warmed up who don't know you is to just invite them on a call where you add some value. You just serve them. You just, you're just giving great value. You share some case studies, maybe. You, you, maybe you even just, I mean, uh, Dean Jackson, who I know is, is someone that we both know, right? Dean, you know, his whole podcast is he just consults for free. Yes. You could do the same kind of thing, right? Like it's yes. you get them on a, on a webinar, you're basically consulting for free. You only might do that with one of or two of the, you know, 50 people who have attended and the other people might then go, oh, I want to, I want that. And you can invite them to whatever the next step is. And so you don't need to compl- overcomplicate the webinar. You just need to find a way to make it add value to your audience. And just know that your ultimate goal, though, right now, and my, this is my opinion, is you want phone conversations with people. There are other ways to sell online. There's plenty of ways to sell online. But a phone conversation, especially if you're in a tight cash and you've got lots of time on your hands, yeah. fill that calendar. Just fill that calendar. So that's kind of that's kind of sell. So we've talked about you need to pivot how you sell. Let's talk about, though, the pivoting on how we serve. Mm-hmm. Because... All right, well, that's all well and good to, to change the way we sell. What if the way we were serving our clients is no longer viable? Lots of businesses have had to literally, because of government rules, have meant they have to shut their doors. They can no longer run and deliver their products and services the way they used to. You know, mm-hmm. cafes can only do takeaway. There's a lot of cafes and not all of them are going to be able to su- survive purely yes. on takeaway. Absolutely. So, there's going to be businesses closing. And so how do you protect yourself or your friends or your family or your clients, whoever you might be able to help with this content is by looking at how you serve and, and the pivots that you can make. The first pivot you can make on how you, you serve would be in your medium, right? So if you previously were, let's say, a dance school and people came into your dance studio, well, the dance studio is no longer viable, but we could potentially pivot that medium to a webinar, a Zoom call, or you might pivot the medium instead of a live. So that would be if you kept it to be continue being live, you do it live over like a, a, a live stream of some, some kind that people continue to pay for. So their classes are still happening as usual. You're just delivering it over Zoom or go to webinar or whatever platform you might choose. And the other option is you might choose to go, okay, I'm going to make it a self-paced online course that you yes. sell direct on your own website. And so now it's instead of coming into your studio for classes, it's a self-directed program that they can do online. So with videos and other resources, that might be the way you pivot the medium. So you're looking at what is the medium in which I currently or I used to sell in, and then what are my options if I was to pivot that medium? So that's pretty simple. So I just want to add something to that, Carl. One of my members is in the healthcare space, and he was providing a service that involved physical contact. And of course, that's now come to a standstill, but we've been brainstorming over the last couple of days and we've come up with a three-tiered structure where he can have a membership program and then what he was delivering in person, he's not obviously able to deliver the same service virtually, but he is delivering for a discounted price something online and if they're members, they get it 
at even a further discount. But the interesting thing we realized as we were talking is the market is also receptive to this because they still need the service and they can't physically get it. So they are willing to change as well. So I just want to point out that at this time, it's a great opportunity to pivot the way you serve because it's not just your business that has been impacted. It is your customers that have also been impacted and they are receptive to this because there aren't any other options. So recognize that, but create something really epic and awesome for them. Absolutely. I love that you brought that up. No, I think that's a brilliant point to make. I think another really important point to make here, we haven't touched on it yet, is that there are still plenty of people with money. In fact, there are many people who have more money than they used to. Like, don't get me wrong, there are people who have lost their jobs and not just one individual, but entire households. And some of them are my clients. I've had conversations with people in that and my heart truly breaks hearing what's going on for for them. But there are also lots of people that are still, you know, they're in corporate jobs or whatever, or for whatever reason, they can just keep doing as they've been doing from home. They're just now working at home, but they can't go out and spend on the weekend at the pub. They can't go out to the fancy restaurant. They've got all this extra cash that they're building up that, they were previously spending. And so there's, in fact, there's a a whole group of people who have more disposable income than they ever did. So don't think like, oh my God, I have to discount prices. Oh no, all my my market is completely wiping out. Like sure, there are people hurting and be mindful of that and, and see if you can serve them in certain ways. But also you might pivot who you're talking to. I mean, you might look at who you're serving right to the people who have the money if you were if currently the people you've been serving are now not uh, in a position to pay you i'm not a huge fan of cutting your there are a lot of people right now who are going oh i can't deliver what i used to do online at the same price i would challenge that i'm not saying you i'm not saying you're right that you can't i would just challenge that you might have that thinking that i can't deliver what i used to deliver it might be different I would challenge the thought of going, oh, just because it's online now, the price needs to change. If the value has not shifted to what the, the result the client gets from it, then the price does not need to change. Yes. You might have to change the way you communicate that to the client to understand it, but it does not need to change because if they're still getting the same result, then the value is still exactly the same. Yeah. So this brings up value-based pricing versus cost-based pricing. And cost-based pricing is where you just have a cost and you add a profit or a uh, margin on top of that, whereas value-based pricing is it's more a function of the person to whom you're selling. And I'm really glad you brought this point up because I've been agonizing over increasing my prices. I was actually planning on increasing the prices around about last week of my membership program. It's currently only 99 US dollars a month. I was planning to make it a three-tier thing. So what is currently 99 a month will become 349 a month. And I was very worried about increasing the prices. But after you've put it the way you have, I might actually push forward on that. So if you're listening and you want to get in at the $99 a month level, get in now because you get grandfathered in for the life of your membership. Just saying. So, okay. So <laughs> I love that. But definitely, like, it's important. Yeah. So these people, yeah, uh, like, there are people who have money. There are people who aren't able to spend because they can't go out and they actually do have the disposable income. This is a great point. So how does our listener hone in on these people and how do they find a way to pivot to these people yeah exactly and so it's it's about pivoting so we p- talked about pivoting the way we sell we're talking about how we pivot the way we deliver and how we like we serve these people yes. and, and and so a part of that may be shifting who we're talking about right who we're serving as well as how we're serving so the who we're serving how do you make that pivot you look around at your market, if all of a sudden everyone that you're attracting, everyone you're talking to is saying, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, and you have these conversations, that's the other beautiful thing about getting people on the phone. Yes. You get to actually have 
real conversations, you get far more context. Whereas if you just put up a landing page and you're sending people to go buy and people don't buy, you have zero context about why they didn't buy. That landing page data is quantitative information, whereas the phone is qualitative data and you need some of that. I think till the day I die, I'm probably going to be doing some element of qualitative stuff. It's like a doctor you know, who's an administrator in a hospital often likes to do some clinical work because she wants to keep in touch with her patients and understand what is happening on the ground so that she can run the hospital better or the department she's running better. Definitely. That's how you're going to start to know that you need to maybe shift who you're serving is yeah. based on the conversations you're having. You'll start to notice that there's a trend and then you'll have a choice to make. You'll have a choice of going, I'm going to pivot the way I serve. And maybe that means I can do it at a lower price at a way that they, I can serve them. And that's yeah. great. Or you might go, okay, I, I need to pivot who I'm serving. And that also brings us to the other type of pivot. So we, we've talked about like, you know, changing your, your method. Yeah. right? The, the medium, sorry, the medium that you are delivering. Yeah. Well, the other way that you might pivot the way you're serving is by changing your model. Okay. There's mm -hmm. a difference. There's a difference between I'm taking what I used to do and I'm now just delivering it on a new medium to mm -hmm. your model where you might be completely almost shifting your entire business. And the example that, that I gave on the webinar and I'll, I'll give to you now as well is that there's a cafe. My friend loves this cafe and he was talking to the owner and, and the owner you know, obviously is hurting. It's a cafe and yeah. you know everyone in the area pretty well can't go there. They're doing a little bit of takeaway, but that's it. Now they've got amazing, healthy food. It's great food. And so he's come up potentially with this idea of a subscription type. He mm -hmm. turned into a subscription for meals, for people who need meals because lots of people at home, yeah, maybe they can cook, but not all the foods they might want are on the supermarket shelves. And there were still people who were happily coming and buying from the tech. Like I'm one of those people. I, I haven't yet found the joy of cooking. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and um, Me too. <laughs> I, before this, would go out daily buying food yeah. you know it wasn't necessarily great for my bank account but it was yeah. good for me just not and so if if there's an option where i can just have these foods delivered to me that i used to go out and get and i can still continue to eat that probably healthier better meals yes. this is an opportunity and so this is the kinds of opportunities that this is what would be an example of a shift of the model where i've gone from this is my thing but you look at well what are the resources i have i've got a kitchen i've got staff i've got chef i've got menus i've got clientele that used to like me so is there a different way that I could have this model? And the beautiful thing, if you choose to shift your model or medium, yeah. one of the coolest things here is this is the kind of stuff that may be able to continue long term. And I think that's what yes. one of the things we're going to see is that there'll be a number of businesses that make their pivots and shifts now that even once this is cleared up, they might start to go, you know what, I'm going to get rid of my lease. I'm going to get rid of these things. I'm going to yes. change, you know, I'm going to shift completely. So, or they'll choose to do that and what they used to do, and it just becomes a whole new revenue stream. So this is not just a, oh, I'm pivoting my whole business just for three to six months. You might do, but there's a high chance that when you see how well it works, that you'll just be able to continue on that trajectory that you're doing. So that's kind of what you want to do when you pivoted the way you're selling. Now you're pivoting the way you sell. So selling is basically changing either the medium or the model, and it's also changing the other type of way you might pivot who you serve is the who rather than the how. So that, that kind of comes under the serve. And so then the third thing that we really all need to pivot right now, and this is, goes for every single business, this is the one that is crucial, is what you're saying, mm -hmm. right? The third S is what we say. So we've got sell, we've got serve, and we've got say. So right now, the, the conversations that we're having with our clientele on the phone, but also in our marketing, on our website, in our emails, on our videos, on our ads, you need to audit everything that you've got going on. 
Yes. If you've got email automations and things, if you've got automated webinars, you need to go back through all of that right now and look for what may be tone deaf. What emails are in your automations that are being sent to people that if someone got that right now, it would be absolutely disgusting and turn a turn off. There'll be yeah. degrees of, of where they're at, but you need to go through everything and figure out if there's anything that's tone deaf. Because when you automate things, it's amazing, but you, if you're like me, you'll forget about it. That's what I do. Yes. I, I did the work once. That's why I love automation. I did the work once and then it just keeps working. The challenge is that some of those things I did the work once was like five years ago. So yes. I have no recollection of what that says. So need to go back and just double check if any of that needs being updated. Definitely, if you use automated evergreen webinars, you 100% need to go back and see if you need to tweak your offer, if you need to tweak your messaging, what you're saying. Because also when it comes to our, our messages of what we're saying right now, we really need to realign our offers to a, a now pain point. Mate, you just changed my to-do list for the next two weeks. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you got an action list. You wanted your action list for you and you want an action list for your, for your listeners. I haven't ordered yeah. it myself. I need to do that. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to, to kind of to forget that these things are there. And, and you might be fine. You do the audit and you go, oh, there's nothing to change. Great. Yeah. But at least you know that everything's good. Um, what I would say is if you do need to change anything, don't feel like you need to delete the old message. Feel free to keep your old email, good keep point. your old ads because you might be able to bring them back but you'll need to insert something new. So save them somewhere so you can come back to them and then you update them with the new ones because the new ones might also need to shift when this is all over as well. Sure. So that's one of the questions I know someone asked me on the webinar is like, oh, what do you think about evergreen versus live webinars? Yes. Look, I'm a big fan of, of evergreen webinars. I think it's great. The challenge is in a time like this when things are changing so rapidly, my preference would be to be running live webinars because okay. you create an automated webinar and then something changes, you've got to go and scramble to change it all over again. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're just running them live, you're on the fly changing and you're tweaking your message, especially if you don't regularly run webinars. Like if you've mastered webinars, maybe go and just do a new updated ever, evergreen webinar. Fine. Yeah. But if you are new to webinars or, you know, this is kind of uh, fresh angles, you, you gives live gives you feedback. It gives you that conversation. You get to see what works, what doesn't. You get to ensure that it's updated based on like what I'm sharing with you is similar content to what I shared on the webinar, yeah. but the way I'm delivering it now, because this is live, this is a different conversation. Yes. It, it's, it's slightly different. Like there's similar frameworks to it. There's an interactivity to this. I know what you mean. Yeah. Right. Whereas I could have gone, oh yeah, Ash, here's the recording of my old webinar yeah. here. You can just release that as part of your podcast. Yeah. It's not going to be quite the same. No. So it's really important that you, we look at what we're saying and, and, and we need to align what we're saying back to the now. I mean, it's good in any marketing to be connecting to people's now conversation, their pain. But now there is a certain conversation, like what your clients may have wanted. So like, let's say you're a business coach or a consultant of some kind. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people and I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are probably in that boat. Yes. If you are selling like how to build a business that, well, actually I'll link it back to me. I'll talk from my, I like prefer to speak from my own experience. So if I, for a long time have been contemplating getting back into coaching, providing some sort of, of training, like, and I'd been thinking about that for a long time. And if I did that, it would be under the idea of building a business that works without you. That's, I'm very passionate about building a business that gives you the, perp, the, the choice, the power to choose of freedom financial freedom, business freedom, and then emotional freedom and building a business that works without you. That's a really big thing for me. But if I go out there and go, hey, build a business that works without you right now, that is like the furthest thing from anyone's mind. Like right now, yes. people are going, how do I make sure I survive? They're not yes. going, I want my business to work without me. They're like, I yes. want my business to work. 
Yes. <laughs> I want to still be in business yeah. in three months' time. I want to still be in business in 12 months' time. I don't care whether it works with me or not. Yeah, so you need to really look at what is the message that you're doing out there, what's happening. So you need to audit your entire messaging. You need to look at everything that's going on. It's really important that, that we, we change this messaging to, to connect. And right now, I would recommend against inspirational, aspirational messages, right? Building a business that works without you is an aspiration. People want that long term. But right now, everyone's feeling so uncertain, they don't know where they're going to be. No one's committing to wanting to do anything for the long term. Everyone's mm -hmm. in a, how do I short term survive this? What do I do right now? So that's what we need to be connecting with is what's going on right now. How do we help a client? So if what you sell is about long term aspiration, maybe you need to sell something new. Maybe you need to go, yeah. okay, I'm going to take a module out of my course and I'm going to sell a short course that's specifically how to make cash fast. Yes. Right. Or how to pivot to what? It, like I don't know what you choose to do, but you need to look at what you'd help clients with, and you might still allude to long term when we're through this. Here's the benefits, but really they don't care about that right now. They just care about ensuring they're going to be around in yeah. three, six, twelve months. So that's really what it's about. We need to pivot the way we sell. We need to pivot the way we serve, and we need to be pivoting what we're saying, making sure our messages and our offers connect properly with what's going on right now. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's where we come to when it comes to pivot. If you can make those changes, it's really going to set you up for a, a better level of success moving forward. Okay, so my biggest takeaways from this and the action steps I would be taking is one, I need to go back and audit my messaging. Actually, I have a question about this, Carl. Where do you even start? I mean, I've got a gazillion things, automations and stuff on my website. Do you have some kind of a process where you follow to do this? No, I don't. <laughs> um, where would you start? Like, where would I start? I'd look at my website. That's the first thing I'd look at. I'd go, like, travel the path of your average lead and customer. So Good go to point, your website. Yeah. I would also, anything you're running ads to, like if you've got a paid ad going to an opt-in or a webinar or whatever, like I'd be checking those automations first. Anything that I'm actively driving traffic to, I would be auditing those. Some people, I'm not a personal fan of this, but some people have like nurture, automated nurture sequences. Yeah. So they've you know created these 14-day or 365-day yep. kind of mapped out automated sequences, I would 100% be auditing that. Yes. Why aren't you a fan of those? That could be because for this exact reason that uh -huh. they can be very, like my nurture process is broadcast. We send out active broadcasts every week for our nurture list. We don't have this automated sequence. We have automated sequences related to like specific opt-in things, but when it comes to just ongoing nurturing, I do not leave that to automation. I did many years ago and yeah, it just, the content goes stale soon. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't change the context of what's happening, yeah. whereas a broadcast we can. You know, I was able to say to my team this week, I said, hey, we need to check any of our upcoming blog posts because we're like months ahead with our blog posts. We need to check all our blog post schedules and make sure that none of them are tone deaf based on the the what's going on right now. Like, whereas if that was all automated, I wouldn't I wouldn't be on top of that. Do you do both? Like I have nurture sequences when someone subscribes to my nine step mind map and there's a nurture sequence that goes around each of those nine steps. But then if I do this episode, for example, I'll send it out as a broadcast email, which then could mean that somebody who's in a nurture sequence gets two emails in one day, which doesn't sit right with Correct. me. Do you actually do something to avoid that or do you just let that happen? No, not not really. I mean, a little bit. Like in an automation, we'll just say when they get added to the to the list, the nurture list. But the you know, generally, I still do have automated sequences, but they're generally shorter. You know, they're like three or four emails long. 
or they're very specific to a specific yeah. use case. And so the messaging is very specific to that use, that action they took yes. rather than this ongoing broader messaging, which a lot of people have those automated just every week nurture content yeah, that yeah. they've just built up, which is smart. I get it. They've built up this content. They're just putting it out there. I'm not saying if you've got it, turn it off. I'm saying go through it and just make sure there's nothing in there you need to remove. Sure. By the way, if you want to learn about automation sequences from the master, check out episode 140, productiveinsights.com forward slash 140 with Andre Chaperon. He really is good at this. Soap opera sequences. That was one of the best things I ever learned from Andre. He's brilliant at it. And Ryan Dice raves about him. And Ryan Dice knows a thing or two about marketing. So step one, audit your website, your ads, your automations. Make sure it's not tone deaf. Make sure it's not crass in the current circumstances. Think about redoing your offers. In some cases, you're going to have to do that. And when you're making the switch from a physical service or offer to an online version, which we are seeing a lot of people doing, consider repackaging your products, consider a membership model as well. This might be a good opportunity to do that. It seemed to work extremely well with this one member I'm actually brainstorming with. Mind you, that's we're still in the process of making that transition, so it's still a work in process, but definitely worth considering. Combining packaged offers in a tiered membership form is really a great idea, and I've discovered that of late, so I definitely recommend thinking about that. Any other action steps you think our listeners should be taking away from this conversation, Carl? Yeah, if you haven't already, create ways for people on the website to book in for a phone conversation with you and consider launching a webinar that, you know, don't worry so much about what the presentation is right now. Sure, long-term, learn how to do really slick webinars. It's, It's a useful skill, but right now just offer a webinar to get people on and then with the goal of those that like it, those that are interested will lead to a phone call. But yeah, I think that everyone should just be aiming for phone conversations unless you're already still at a massive scale that that's not worth it. But for if you're a service-based business consultants, coaches leading to phone calls right now is, is really agencies, you know, get people on the phone. And we'll have a full transcript of this podcast on productiveinsights.com forward slash 193. If you haven't already checked it out, I highly recommend checking out automationagency.com. It's an excellent service. I recommend it. I've used it for the last three or four years and I don't see myself stopping. You can check out productiveinsights.com forward slash automation. I recommend the service and I recommend Carl. I stand by what I'm saying. He's a really genuine person and he puts his money where his mouth is. So we'll call that a wrap on this episode and I look forward to seeing you guys again on episode 194 at productiveinsights.com forward slash 194. That's the next one. And that will be about profit. Be sure to tune into that because that is probably the most important part of this three-part series. So thanks for being on, Carl. And do you want to just quickly share with our listeners how they can find out more about you? Yeah, no problems. Look, it's been an absolute privilege and honor to be able to share this stuff with you. Please action. If you're listening to this, please action this. Please don't let it go in one ear out the other. If you want to find me, connect with me, carltaylor.com is where you can find me. If you want to connect with me and a bunch of other entrepreneurs, I've got a free Facebook group called Entrepreneurs by the Pool. You can search for that or you can go carltaylor.com slash pool. They're probably the best ways for us to stay in contact. And you'll see me in there. So if you do go to carltaylor.com forward slash pool, be sure to tag me and say hi. All right. Thanks for being on, Carl, and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 